Jake Gyllenhaal's like, well, you know, it's about the the it's human about a teenager coming a of teenager. age. Movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's not. This dude's burning down houses and freaking flooding schools and shooting people and Whoa! you know, stalking old ladies. Welcome to the What's Up Ready podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Carter. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification buttons. Uh, tell a friend about us. Tell your family about us. Tell a troubled teenager about us. Or a whole slew of them. <laughs> I, that's all I got. That's I, fair. I mean... Yeah, maybe tell like your therapist about us. That'll work too. Um, but don't send us no bills. <laughs> yeah, I doing it. And now I'm, I'm glad I'm not flying on my next business trip because this movie makes me not want to fly more than I already don't like flying. Um, but yeah, we're here today going to talk about. Well, first we've entered a new category, so I'll make you wait on this movie. We. Uh, Keeping with our categories, thanks, Charles. Thanks, Patreon, for voting on the new categories. We have moved into Indie Films Month. So welcome to September and uh, a new category, that being Indie Films. And it's a complete... Uh, September's never going to end, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the Green Day song, It's you're never going to get woken up. It's no, forever. Well, it's a complete mirror opposite of, like, august right like yeah. august you can go back listen to our four episodes in august there it's fun we laugh we joke we shit on movies we love movies that probably didn't deserve as much love as we give them but guilty pleasures was entertaining and fun and, and really high high emotion lighthearted. this month isn't gonna be that shit like <laughs> we picked some dark fucking movies when i was looking at our whole list and it didn't matter what he picked this shit yeah. <laughs> It was gonna be bad it's all the way a around. Rough month of September, so uh, welcome <laughs> uh, to yeah indie films. The first one, Donnie Darko, the cult classic. It was released January nineteenth, two thousand and one. It was written and directed by Richard Kelly, Psycho. I mean, <laughs> um, it stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Jenna Malone, Mary McDonald, Holmes Osborne, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Davy Chase. James Duvall and Patrick Swayze. After narrowly escaping a bizarre accident, a troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes. I feel like that <laughs> that That's synopsis came from someone like most of the world that has no idea what this movie's about. <laughs> so, yeah, Donnie Darko, welcome to the this level of psychosis that is just very interesting um so yeah, i'll own gonna... up this was my pick i'll yeah. own up to that uh mainly because one it's oceana's favorite movie so if she found out there was a chance to put it on the podcast and i didn't uh not good secondly i was kind of hoping jj would be able to explain this to me because i have no idea what this movie is about <laughs> <laughs> only to find out that jj doesn't know either so this is gonna be a real fun recording <laughs> yeah okay so i mm, i do and i don't so let's start with i'm gonna give you my synopsis of okay. this movie how about that and then we can go from there 
because I think while this synopsis that I just read from IMDb does explain, I guess, part of this movie on its surface, it's not a true synopsis. Donnie Darko is a time travel, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Savior movie. That's what it, that's what it boils down to. So when we're introduced to the first part of this movie, we see Donnie waking up on a mountainside in the middle of a fucking road. Okay. You're like, what the fuck's happening? And he's like, what the fuck's happening while he's gone? A plane engine has broken off and fallen on his roof through his room. He was not there because he was woken up by Frank or the voice of Frank anyway. And he left the house in one of his sleepwalking fits because we see that he takes antidepressants or some sort of medication prescribed by his psychiatrist. (laughs) Donnie should have died is basically everybody gets that part. Donnie should have died. And then you think you're going to go on this journey of, well, what's happened? Well, what's happened is, is by Donnie dying or, or not being dying, he's created in a temporal world where when you start talking about time travel and we see a little bit of, I'm going to, I'm going to rely on some less heady time travel movies to maybe explain a little bit about what we see. Well, we learned in, in uh, infinity war or the, or in Endgame right. that alternate universes can be created through time travel paradox. Right? So, This is one of the a version of one of these time travel paradox, and that is oddly enough, we find out that the jet engine falls on Donnie's house, killing him. The paradox is that jet engine comes from a timeline where his mother and sister get on a plane to go to this trip. That plane is what falls that gen engine falls through a temporal wormhole lands on his fucking house okay his whole thing by the end of the movie is he's figured out that when he more or less it's the start of when he burns down the house of the guy of i don't remember the character's name but patrick swayze patrick swayze's house (laughs) that triggers a series of events because they find out he has inappropriate images of little children. And I'm leave that for the algorithm. There you go. Uh, Cause we'll Good get call. hammered on that one. Yeah. <laughs> he has inappropriate images of young, indiv- young human beings. And that triggers the weird PE teacher. Who's the head of the dance class to then need Donnie's mom and sister to go on this or to go So mom and sister are on this plane that in essence crashes in the, and is what the jet engine comes from. Now that's part of these thing where you have to watch the extended cut to understand that that's part of that. Cause you don't see that in the normal cut, the mom and sister being on that plane, you kind of do cause you see them lean up of the, you know, the weird storm or whatever. But a lot of people have just said, well, that's part of the storm that he sees when he's up on the mountain. But in reality, that jet engine is what falls on him. He now realizes by triggering that event, he has to die in order to keep other people alive. So there's the savior complex. 
he recognizes because he starts to see because he's the catalyst for this temporal loop or this temporal paradox he starts to see the fates the little weird like uh, um, the abyss water things coming out of people's <laughs> chests and shit, that shit's weird and then he's recognized that the old lady grandma death has figured this out as well and they, the intimation is that she is has gone cuckoo for cocoa puffs completely because she's stuck in her loop like she hasn't she didn't take the sacrifice that darko did she has kept with uh, her loop uh-huh. so she's nutty like because if you imagine that darko goes through he doesn't go back and sacrifice himself right so now his mom and sister are gone uh what's his her girl's face gone. his girlfriend's gone frank's gone frank's gone all of that and, and all of that is, is his fault and he still is going to be in this temporal paradox so he's going to be able to see all that stuff still. He's going to have the voices. Frank's probably going to haunt him the rest of his life. You can imagine him going nuts, right? That's what happens to Grandma Death or the intimation, okay? So all of this is to say that Donnie Darko decides, he figures it out, and he decides that I'm not going to let this loop continue. I'm going to be the savior. I'm going to self-sacrifice so that Everyone that dies because of his choice to burn that house down can live. Because none of it happens if he doesn't do that, in theory, right? Right. Now, here's where shit gets really weird, okay? I was going to say, you kind of explained it for me. I'm on board now. (laughs) Well, now, yeah, yeah. So now I'm going to add a different layer of it, though, too, because we have this really odd piece at the end where it feels like people have been impacted and they remember while they don't know, because we see at the end, girlfriend doesn't know, doesn't recognize Donnie's name, doesn't know the house, want to know, wants to know what's happened. But oddly enough, waves at mom, mom waves back. They have this moment. They were the closest to Donnie throughout the movie. So that gives the Im- implication that they have the most recognition for what might have happened. Then you see. But before that, you see the psychologist, who's probably the next closest person to Donnie throughout the movie, wake up at Donnie's death. You have the Patrick Swayze kid, Jim, I think his name. You have Jim having a breakdown because he's starting to recognize the disgusting nature of who he was, which you never saw prior to that, right? He was always pretty cool and collected. All of this is to say they lived through this loop. It's not that people are different. They've lived through that loop. He's reset the loop. Now to them, it's a giant version of deja vu. Ah. So they're having these memories and these feelings that came from being caught with the pictures, inappropriate pictures of having her hero go to jail as a owner of inappropriate pictures. And the psychiatrist couldn't help Donnie. Now Donnie's dead. She wakes up in a cold sweat. Holy shit. Mom and girlfriend were doing the best to, to be there. They loved Donnie. They were, they were very bought in with Donnie, even sister to a degree with the breakdown. The oldest are having these emotional moments because they're remembering that something is different, but they can't put a finger on it because now that he's reset it, they haven't really lived those things, this version of them anyway but there's that deja vu moment. So it's almost like 
the explanation of true deja vu. Like, oh, shit, I remember this. It's because in theory, there's this person that's had this temporal choice because of a paradox. And now we're stuck in this loop where we have deja vu. We remember it because someone around us made the change to the fates or that time travel piece. See, now why can't they put that somewhere? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there is it somewhere. Um, I mean, I've read little pieces of it in different places. That makes sense now. I get the idea behind it. But when I watch this the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, the sixth time, no clue. (laughs) Hated it every single time. But knowing that now, it makes a little bit of weird, awkward sense. Yeah. And helps it flow through. Yeah. Well, and it's it's one of those things where I'm with you. Casey enjoys this movie. It's not her favorite movie, but she enjoys it because it's sad and it's twisty and it's weird and it's got a great soundtrack, which she loves. And so and and I look, the actors in this are phenomenal. I mean, most of them are just getting their start. But when you think about like the caliber of actor that's in this movie, Jake Gyllenhaal is one of the better actors of his generation. So is his sister, Maggie. Patrick Swayze, obviously at this point was getting older in his life and ripped him, but he's a good actor, no matter what anybody wants to say. Mm-hmm. Mary McDonald, great actress. There are people that you know, Jenna Malone, even, even though she never took off, she's been very prevalent in the in the indie film industry and has had some plays. Like she was in the Hunger Games movies, things like that. Seth Rogen. Yeah, Seth Rogen. First all film of sudden, credit. Yeah craziness right you see him you're like whoa he even like downplays his laugh a little bit during the movie which makes me giggle but there's some big names so i mean i enjoy the acting it's a very well acted movie it's just weird and it's creepy and it's sad and i can only handle it so much i've never enjoyed it because i didn't understand it yeah and so for me this was like an i don't know hour and a half long I don't want to say therapy session, but therapy session where you really don't want to be there. Sure. Um, <laughs> just sitting through it to get through it. Yeah. Like I would take an hour and a half uh, class on lecture on astronomy before I would watch Darny Darko. Sure. Because astronomy, at least you get to look at pretty pictures. Um, <laughs> but this now kind of with your explanation, which is the entire reason I picked this film, I understand mm. it better because oh, she would just be like, Oh, yeah, no, you have to have a weird mind to understand it. Which isn't, uh, it's not wrong. Yeah, not wrong, but I was like, okay, uh, yeah. my mind is weird enough, thank you. It doesn't need to be any weirder. Yeah. Um, I so, do have a website for our listeners. I haven't read through this. I just Googled it because I was like, hey, maybe there's, because I was curious, there's stuff out there. I haven't read this one, so I don't know how deep it goes. But my guess is there's some good. It's donnydarko.org.uk. Gosh. Right? It has its own fucking website, Donnie Darko. So donniedarko.org.uk slash explanation. Okay? And I, again, I haven't read anything, but I pulled it up, and it is, it seems very thorough. (laughs) And it's using the actual terminology that you see in the book that he is with the author that he's talking about. So it's got, like, Tangent Universe and artifacts and like the different names of the characters like he's called the uh the living receiver because he's the center of the whole thing so like i it looks like and again i haven't read it but it looks like there's quite a bit of depth in there and they probably have some different thoughts or maybe even some more thought out 
in theories and ideas than even what I was put to it. But yeah, hopefully that'll help you learn a little bit. And anybody that's listening, if you've ever wondered what the fuck Donnie Darko was about. Holy shit. This is the indie film of all indie films. Oh yeah. Um, But that helped a ton, that explanation. It's just so weird. Like, yeah. And I, I appreciate the weird, right? Indie films are, a little bit hard to get to sometimes, but I enjoy sure. them from the sake of the fact that they're like pure art form. Yeah. Right. The studios, big studios, big brands, they're always going for money and that's their main goal. And the kind of artistic representation story, everything else takes a backseat to how much profit can we make out of this? Yeah. Uh, indie films are the exact fucking opposite. Sure. They're like, I got an idea. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that, but, <laughs> yeah so weird, this is one of the weirder ones though of the four that we're doing you picked two very weird ones and this you're one, welcome this one takes the cake i picked very downer ones but they're like more just like the character driven like treatments about human the human condition this one though is like so off the fucking reservation like it is so weird and odd and i mean don't get me wrong like one of the things that i love about this movie that keeps me okay watching it is i've mentioned casey loves the soundtrack it has we have another topic that's up for vote down the road and that is movies with great soundtracks and this one could fit in that like it has some outrageously good music and one of the things that i love about it is the way that it uses its music is phenomenal like there is music because music to me one, I'm a big music fan. I mean, I was a music major in college for a minute. I love music. I can play some music here and there, depending on the instrument. Like, I enjoy music. But I enjoy music in movies because it can either be random as fuck, which is how most of them are, or it can be like a movie like this where it actually adds value to the moment. Like, one of the most poignant emotional scenes in this movie is at the end. We I call it the freaking... Uh, mad world scene because mad world starts to play as we're watching all the characters have this moment of what is going on right it plays over that's all you hear is mad world and the emotional level that it that of depth that it adds to that scene is just super powerful And so, and there's other moments, I don't remember exactly the songs that are through, but there's not a moment of music that isn't well thought out and applied to what's going on in the movie. And I appreciate that about this movie more than I can express because it's the one thing that keeps me, I'm like, fuck, this is such a good song. And then I'm like more invested in what's going on, even though it's really fucking weird and I don't necessarily love it. I'm more invested because the song has me interested in what's happening. Which is a uh, contribute to the psycho director, uh, Robert Kelly, Richard Kelly, somebody Kelly. Yeah, Richard Kelly. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe it's the extra stuff that gets me because when you explained, you know, like the burning the house down scene, right? Yeah. Um, like that's the almost like the catalyst catalyst. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it was the like the extra thing with the school, right? Or his other sleepwalking adventures. Yeah. Where it it doesn't seem to have a purpose or a point. Mm. Um, so it's like, why, why put those in there? Do you have to fill in time or do you, you know, rent out the school and want to get your full money's worth um, <laughs> as far as it goes. But I mean, I think that you could almost cut those parts out 
and just his interactions with his teachers and Patrick Swayze's character at the school are enough to kind of get the same point across to where he's mm-hmm. that little bit of black sheep in, you know, uh, you know, religious school institution um, yeah. going against the grain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, I'm with you. I agree. I, weird movie. It's a very weird movie. Well, and it was followed up by. Have you ever? Did you? If you guys ever, I'm sure you have. If this is, oh, she's favorite. S. Darko, the one about Samantha, the sister. Oh God! Shh, don't tell I Oshi. Seen it. Don't tell anybody. Don't, don't tell Oshi because <laughs> she'll make you watch that shit. She, um, she's probably seen it. I. It's <laughs> it's not nearly as good, but it's fucking weird. <laughs> I, it's weird too, but it's not nearly as as good. In fact, it's quite bad. But it's. Is it this kind of one, the same thing? She gets her own. Yeah, they're on a road trip, and there's like a temporal, like the time space continuum issue that happens, and so it's. But, but the interesting thing is the girl that plays his little sister Samantha, and in, in Donnie Darko also as an adult plays the character in S. Mm. Darko, so there is that level of continuity there. But the acting is <laughs> the rest of the cast is not nearly. That's good. On par with <laughs> the with its counterpart of Donnie Darko, right? Like, right. Because again, like we said, that movie is outrageously stacked when it comes to a cast. And don't get me wrong, S. Darko has some good, decent actors, but most of them, there's not many of them. Like, there's there's recognizable faces, like. I think there's some people from the shitty TV show that was that, uh, not Pretty Little Liars, but one of those like teenage shows. He's in it, and then there's the only guy I can think of is John Hawks. The one that I can think of right off the top of my head is John Hawks. He's the only one that I'm like he's a really good actor. The right. rest I'm like I know their faces, but they're not good actors. They're they're B list, C list at best, and they were pulled into this movie because everybody wants to be a part of this universe right anyway that has nothing to do with donnie darko but it's that much of a cult classic that it got a shitty follow-up made yeah because Um, it was darko right like that's it i don't have much else for this it's (laughs) like not necessarily a hugely fleshed out lots to talk about uh aside from the fact that it is weird yeah um and it attracts like you said, a huge cult following that they sold out a theater here a couple months ago, like over the course of a little bit to show this movie. Yeah. And Frank the Bunny was there. Oh, yeah. Um, doing a Q&A. So it is it is crazy how many people like are invested in this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you can ask anybody like, yeah, I have no idea what that was about. I think even Jake Gyllenhaal at the end of the when they're like done filming was like, oh, I have no idea what this movie's about. Well, it's interesting that you say that because they interviewed him not that long ago and they asked him about Donnie Darko. Oh. And like he, like, what's it about? Like, you know, what the fuck is this movie about? Because it's what? It's 2001. So we're like 22 years. Yeah. Like I mean, we're a long ways removed from this movie. And so now, but they just, it wasn't that long. I think it was this year or last year they asked him about it. And even he avoided the deeper content and was like, well, Look, it's a weird movie, but it's about a teenager and being a teenager and making those choices as a, a teenager. I'm like, 
can you really call Donnie Darko your average fucking teenager? I mean, take away the time travel shit. He obviously has some emotional and some mental uh, deficiencies that he's dealing with. Like, this is not your, and don't get me wrong, most teenagers have some level of those emotional mental deficiencies, but obviously we're talking about schizophrenia. We're talking about, uh, you know, some level of manic depression, maybe even bipolar disorder before the time travel starts. Because we come in with this kid being in the treatment of a psychiatrist that is prescribing pretty heavy medication, heavy doses of medication. So, uh, again, no judgment. I think it's great that he's getting treatment, especially in 2001. It was still very taboo to be to acknowledge the fact that there was mental and and emotional deficiency. So I think it's great. However, I thought it was funny that Jake Gyllenhaal's like, well, you know, it's about the, the teenager coming of age. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, it's fucking not. This dude's burning down houses and freaking flooding schools and shooting people and, you know, stalking old ladies and getting science people to like almost lose their job. And I think that is one thing that like this movie really, bothers me on is there's characters that i'm really interested in that i don't understand like i get the one teacher the guy that i can never remember the actor but he's another big actor but i can never remember his name um damn it why am i struggling with his name anyway but like the uh, noah wiley that's his name he was in er the tv show er but what the character that I really want to see more of and I'm interested in is Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. That teacher, like, I'm intrigued by that teacher because and her presence in the movie makes no fucking sense. Like, she adds no value from the story perspective other than you get to see Drew Barrymore act very well and be an interesting character to, and especially, like, a foil to what's going on with Donnie Darko where she's, she's the catalyst for the girlfriend and him actually being able to connect in a meaningful way, because she's like sit next to the kid, that boy, you think's the cutest one, right? That shit is so interesting. But outside of that, she doesn't really, other than I love her on screen. I don't want to see more of her and that character. There's the movie would have been fine without her. Anybody could have played that character and you could have only had her in a scene where she's making the girl, getting the girl to sit next to him. And then at the end, when the teacher's kind of like looking at her going, what the fuck's going on right there in bed. But yeah, I just think that is one thing that bothers me really bad about the movie is where there's some great acting and great storytelling. There's also some shit that you're like, the fuck's going on? Like why? What was the purpose other than having Drew Barrymore on your cast list and Noah Wiley on your cast list? Like, what was the purpose? Because I didn't see one. So I also don't like the dance scene. Like, I'm like, I'm like, that's really fucking weird. Um, Definitely. But the other thing with Drew Barrymore is like, I really didn't like her character, like that English teacher. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I mean, great acting. But from like the initial introduction, even to the end, we're talking about like the most beautiful phrase in language mm. is cellar door, whatever. Yeah. It's that kind of like almost snooty, hoity toity uh, English kind of professor major that I just yeah. 
spies. Um, <laughs> That's fair. To be like this, you know, uh, and we get a little bit of it at the assembly or something mm. like that, where, you know, once again, banning books. Yeah. Right. And this is the this is the teacher who's going to stop the banning of books. And we see this pop up a lot of times. But at the same time, it's it's a kind of trope that drives me nuts. True. Because just give the kid the book. <laughs> <laughs> Make the book available. Yeah. Um, type of thing. But you have this almost and it pops up in. Tons of movies that take place in, you know, this 1987 uh, or, you know, the 80s where a lot of this was happening. You had a lot of freelance writers coming out and doing stuff that didn't sit well with the status quo. Yeah. Uh, So it's it's a great like period time piece, but it also isn't necessary to the overall story. And so it feels almost like, oh, what's happening here? I need to pay attention. And there's no payoff. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Well, now the whole movie sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I, yeah, and I get, you did bring up, when you talk about the cellar door thing, it is kind of pompous, but it does, that's another one that drives them with Grandma Death to, to be intrigued yeah. by the door, right? So there's these little nuanced pieces that drive the story along. But I'm with you, like, I don't think it's necessary. Like, I think to get the point of this movie across, which we've talked about is weird as fuck anyway, you don't need all that extra weird yeah the extra weird that doesn't that ties to the rest of the story but not very well like or not in a meaningful enough way that it couldn't have been a 30 minute shorter movie because it's a long weird fucking movie it's two hours which isn't abnormal in most places but when you have a lot of filler shit that's weird like and some of it like i do i will say that i do love some of the dialogue in this movie is great like my favorite part of this whole movie is when they're fucking shooting the gun and they're all sitting <laughs> the around Smurfs. And, and he fucking loses his shit about the Smurfs. Like I laugh so hard at that part of this movie. Every time he's like fucking Papa Smurf didn't create Smurf. <laughs> Gargamel did. And I, you know, and that's to the point that to show that Donnie Darko is the smartest guy in the room, period. Yeah. Like he's hyper intelligent which is the reason that he can figure out the time travel thing. Most of these kids, if they're the fucking catalyst, everybody's fucked because they're not going to figure it out. They're just going to be losing their shit. But Donnie's smart enough that he's asking questions and he's trying to figure it out. But I, that Smurf part. And then when he loses his shit on the, on Jim, the Patrick Swayze character, like, I love that moment too. And he's like, you're so full of shit. Like, Fear and love, you can't fucking boil. And then when he goes off on the teacher too, like oh, you the can't boil it my down. On there's the, more involved. Yeah. It's more complicated than that. Yeah. So I, and I so like those pieces of the movie, like these little nuanced conversations that make great points across the board. Like I love those pieces. They make the movie salvageable. And I will say, in 2001, when I went and watched this movie, I have a very different response to it. And I should say in 2002, because I didn't watch it till I got home, but I wasn't going to waste my mission movie watching on Donnie yeah. Darko. <laughs> but when I watched it yesterday, it was a very different experience because I haven't watched it. I probably have watched it once in between the first time I watched it way back in the day because Casey's watched it. And so I've watched it maybe once or twice in between. 
But it was a very different viewing experience for me yesterday than it ever has been because I paid more attention to the acting and the nuance. And I, it's one of the good parts. Usually I've shit on movies that I probably would have liked five years ago, but the podcast makes me more critical. Right. This movie, I actually enjoyed more watching from the critical eye than I have in the past. doesn't mean I like this movie. doesn't mean I want to watch it again. But it, I did find more things that I enjoyed than I ever have watching this movie before. All right. You're welcome. Yeah. So <laughs> that is one positive. Like I was watching it going, and I think it's my, part of it I think is my age. As a 42-year-old, I look at things a lot differently than I did even as a 32-year-old. And some of those conversations that I'm having, like that Donnie's having, I'm like, yeah, I get that, right? Even when he's talking to his therapist and like they're having some conversations and some of the things that she would ask, I'm like, oh, okay, I like this conversation because I'm I'm at that point in my life where things, these existential conversations and thoughts are happening and they make more, I'm more calm. I'm not as immature as I, I'm still way immature, but I'm not as immature as I was 10 years ago or especially 20 years ago to the point that I pick up on some of these pieces of the conversations. And I'm like, I get why Donnie gets pissed because he see things, he sees things differently than everyone else. And that's irritating as fuck. Like when everybody's like, I want to be the smartest person in the room, but sometimes it's frustrating. Like when you're sitting, you're smarter and I'm not saying I'm a genius, but I'm a pretty intelligent dude. And when I'm sitting with a bunch of people that I'm like, you're dumber than a box of rocks. Like it's frustrating as an older How person. How did you survive to adulthood? Yeah. The older I get, the less patience I have for that level of stupidity. And so like watching it play out on TV is very interesting in that way. So a very different viewing experience than I've ever had for Donnie Darko. And it will, it will, it impacted my score of the movie. Like when I first set out to watch this movie, I was like, there's no way Darko's getting higher than a two for me. <laughs> and it probably will now because I watch it differently than I did ever have. It was a different watch. So it was interesting. So, yeah. But Sweet. with that nice segue, let's rate this fucker. Let's do it. Me up um, first or you up first? What did we do? How did we do it last time? I freaking, that's why I asked. <laughs> This time we'll do it. If it was not your movie, you'll go first. So I'll go first. Okay. Um, again, just I mean, I just reiterated, I just iterated that this was a very different filming viewing experience for me than it ever was before. I watched it a few times before now, but it's been a very long time. I bet you it's been 10 years since I've watched this movie. Um, because it's never it may have been longer because it's never and it never will be at the top of my list to watch a movie. There's a million other movies I'd rather watch before Darko. However, I got a lot more out of it this time than I ever have. And I enjoyed it. I laughed harder. I got, there were scenes that I wasn't so like bored because I was like, fuck, it's just another dark indie movie. That's weird. And everybody loves it. Cause it's fucking weird. And Jake Gyllenhaal is like his breakout performance and all that shit. I got rid of that mentality and just watched it. Um, and I found some enjoyment. I enjoyed the dialogue a lot more than I remember ever enjoying. And you know, I figured some of those pieces out. They made more sense with the temporal, the time stuff, because I was paying more attention. And maybe that was my problem. <laughs> I just didn't enjoy the fucking movie enough to go. I'm going to give it my full attention. And I did this time. So I found some value in it far more than I ever have before. 
the acting's outrageously good. The dialogue, you know, in some places is very interesting and very intelligent, which I liked. Um, not to mention, you know, the tie with Catherine Ross being the the therapist made me feel like, hey, look, it's a tie into a previous episode when we did Sundance and mm-hmm. uh, Butch, Butch Cassidy Butch and the Cassidy. Sundance Kid. So, and this film premiered at Sundance in two thousand and one. So, look at we got ties all over the we're place in our own podcast. fucking temporal loop <laughs> yeah um so yeah so it was good to see old uh at a place in this movie and she still looked good 30 years later so kudos to her um yeah so i'm gonna give this movie a two and a half i think it's an average movie it's really fucking weird but watching it in this new light and giving it attention it is very smart probably too smart for its own good that it confuses a lot of people because it is a weird thing to tackle. So, but yeah, two and a half, if I can avoid it, I'll never watch this movie again, but I know I probably won't fully because Casey does like it to a degree. Alec. All right. Uh, So shit. Um, This, this is always a struggle because if you ask Oshi, this is a five and a half. Sure. If you asked me before I fully understood a portion of this movie, it's a it's a minus one. <laughs> um, I'm inventing a new scale that goes negative. Yeah. Uh, but after hearing what you were talking about and kind of explaining it a little bit more to kind of understand what is actually happening, I can appreciate it more. Um, I'm going to come in because I'm a coward and don't want anybody to at me in the comments. You can at JJ all you want. I'm going to go two and a half as well. Middle of the road movie. I think that's the best I can give it in the sense that you did have a lot of positives, right? Great acting, great music, uh, kind of a weird fucking story, but a great story. Mm -hmm. Uh, coupled with the fact that there is just too much weird in this to really get it as you know, to kind of focus on it, listen to it, figure out what's happening. It's too much. You have to invest too much time, too much effort into really enjoying this. So middle of the road movie. Um, unfortunately, I will be watching this again. <laughs> I will avoid it for as long as I can, but can only put it off for so long before it comes back up on the list. Uh, but yeah, fair. two and a half for me. There it is. Middle of the road. I like middle it. Middle of the road. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it does take a lot. Of, here's here's another fun fact before I turn it over to you. I have had I've been I'm nursing a headache, and now that I think about it, I've been nursing a headache since I fucking watched this movie yesterday. So I'm blaming it on Donnie Darko and the fact that I gave it all at the attention, and so now my head hurts thinking about it and explaining it. And fuck Donnie Darko, <laughs> and at me all you fuckers want. I'll take it for this one. I usually don't say don't at me, but this one I'll take it. I'm. I would love to, I mean, seriously, in the comments, I would love to hear why you like this movie. Because even understanding it, even liking parts of it, as a whole, I don't like this movie. It has good enough parts for me to give it a two and a half, but I don't like it. So I'm always curious as to why people, like, oh, shit. Yeah, you weirdos, let us know. Fucking tell us, I'm interested. (laughs) And with that, Alec, tell everybody where they can find us. (laughs) Okay, Uh, thanks for joining us for Donnie Darko. I still don't understand it, but I understand it better than I did. So here we go. Uh, like JJ said, leave us a comment if you like this film, because we want to know why we would like to know how your uh, brain works. Uh, so let us know. We're always looking for 
people to argue with in the comments. Uh, September is a banger of a month, guys. Uh, indie films category of choice. You're welcome. If you're interested in being a part of this selection process where we do themed months, do themed movies, you get to vote and pick on both. Uh, join us on Patreon. Current uh, patrons, special shout out, uh, Beta Ray Bill. You are the best. Uh, without you, we never would have had the chance to revisit this movie. So thank you so very much. Mm -hmm. uh, with that, I will kick it back to the Maharaja of Mash, the Sultan of Swat, a JJ. That's as much your fault as his, though, because you put it on the list. <laughs> well, I got out of it what I wanted to get into, which was <laughs> understanding. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And now you have a website that you can actually read, and maybe it'll tell you even more than I did. So there you go. It'll probably just confuse me more. I'm happy. That could be true as well. I, and the fact that you have to have a website to explain the movie is its number one problem. Mm -hmm. um, so with all of that said, we appreciate you tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinematic.